Hello, dear friends, Jai Guru, and welcome to another episode of the Chela to Chela podcast, featuring interviews and conversations with YSS SRF disciples of our sweet Guru Dave, Paramahansa Yogananda Ji. As we get to know a little more about some of our fellow disciples through the Chela to Chela podcast, it gives us the opportunity to support them with our prayers, our goodwill, and perhaps even with our resources and business connections. At the end of the podcast, I'll tell you how you can get to the free private access pages to further connect with our guests. Before we enter this next episode, let us listen to this quote of Guruji as shared by Mukti Madhavji, who was with Master when he was in the body. Mukti Ma is speaking. This is a time of spiritual rejuvenation, a time of drawing closer to God the Father and to the Divine Mother. Our Guru has said to us, a steady stream of divine power will flow to you, for the great ones have sent me here. When I am gone, you will realize this with greater impact. Little by little, a spiritual change will come to the true followers of this path and their influence will spread over the world. SRF is one of the greatest spiritual movements ever sent to help mankind. with us Cindy Kerr. Hi Cindy. Hi Brenda. You've been on a whirlwind to really kind of reinvent your life, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's been it's been quite a whirl. You know, there are probably devotees out there that um are experiencing or about to or have experienced the same thing. Can we just jump in and and you just talk about that reinvention and then we'll get down to some other nitty-gritties. Yeah, we can. We how far back do we want to jump? Do we want to uh, do we want to jump back to 2012? Be, sure, why not? Actually, we could go back further than that, but as you like, as you like. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. First, let's establish where you are. Where are you? Are I'm you, currently in Carlsbad, California, and you live. You have an ocean view. I understand. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. From my upstairs, I do have an ocean view. That would be interesting to those devotees who live in the desert. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And which, um, where do you attend services, Cindy? I, I attend at um, Escondido Meditation Center, and I also have the luxury of going between there and Encinitas. So I'm I'm kind of midway between the two the two, the temple and the center, which is a big gift for me. Ah, it would be a big gift for anybody. You're, you're um, much blessed uh, yeah, in that yeah. regard, in all regards, but for that. Okay, now, let's take a, a journey. 
go back as far as you'd like. When you were born, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, when I was born, I had, I came into this world with a deep, deep love for God. And so I have always had that super, super tight connection. Um, you know, seen angels, had interactions with angels when I was a little, a little child, you know, two or three. And um, have had this incredible passion for God and always wanted to please God. And not as a yogi, um, I put myself into a fundamentalist-based life as a child. My parents were agnostic and they were appalled by my putting myself into Sunday school. And um, I was a very devout Bible scholar. My parents were just appalled. It's like, oh my gosh, who is this kid? And my Sister and brother had no inclinations towards that at all. And, um, and you so, were wondering, why was I born into this family, right? Well, yeah, it was interesting. You know, we know there's reasons that we are born into the families we're born in. And I think for me, the joy was I was given full liberty to explore my spirituality. My parents didn't interfere at all. Wow. As long as my grades were up, um, I could be as pretty radical as I wanted to in spirit. So... I was. <laughs> Very good. All right, then. And then um, I came and I knew, I knew how the universal spiritual laws worked somehow. I knew how that worked. And I knew that if I declared that I wanted something um, and it was for my highest good, and I said, I want a soulmate that I share partnership with, um, that we have you know, a common goal and we work together. Um, I am the help meet and, and I'm really excited about that. So bring him on. And it wasn't too long after that. Um, I had a, my organist and I play the violin. And um, when I come visit from nursing school, she and I'd share a bench and she was the matchmaker at the church. And Whenever you wanted to get serious about your soulmate showing up, you asked Betty to pray. So I asked Betty to pray, and um, she prayed, and she'd had this vision, very interesting. And she said, in six or seven months, I'd meet someone who would radically change my life. And it was seven to eight months later, I was in a surgical internship, and I was scrubbing a case. And I met this young man, um, and he was paralyzed. And um, after the surgical procedure, it was a very, um, very amazing thing. I, I'd stepped out of an elevator to go to, to lunch, and I felt these angelic hands on my shoulders pushing me into the hospital gift shop saying, you need to buy that guy some flowers. And I had no idea he was an avid gardener and just an amazing soul. And so I sent him an orange calancho plant from his secret admirer in surgery. And um, their whole, there's a whole great tale that goes with that. But um, we became really good friends and we became, he lived in a town next to my, where I grew up. And so um, I would visit him when I'd go home from the, from the living at the hospital on the, uh, during the weekdays and I'd visit. And um, long story short, um, I told my organist friend that I'd met this guy. I was falling in love with him. He's really special. The only thing was he was paralyzed. He was in a wheelchair. And she, we, she was playing the offertory. I'll never forget this. She turned white as a sheet and she said, oh my gosh, remember I told you there was more to that vision? You have to come home and have lunch with me and I'll tell you the rest. 
And when I went home to have lunch with her, she said, gosh, you know, seven to eight months, I said, very clearly, you'd meet someone to change your life. And she said, but there was more. And the other more was that he was in a wheelchair. And that is the last thing in the universe I thought was what God had for you. And I said, so is this my soulmate? And she said, well, I don't know. That's for you to figure out. And so, you know, there we go. Um, we did get married, and that's another whole story. But God was with us, and we did our thing together. And let's see. Lots and lots of adventures. Lots of adventures. And then, wow, I didn't think I'd get choked up. And then in 2012, he left. It was his time to go. And it was really precious because, like, for the years before that, we were avid spiritual students and on our own path of just loving God. And we started studying Indian philosophy. We're very into Krishnamurti and and Krishnamurti was very adamant that you didn't need to have a guru, that you were your own guru. And in our heart of hearts, we both said, now that's not true. You, we, really need, we really need someone else to take us further in our path. And we have Jesus, but honestly, Christian teachings have been so distorted. And what we feel like Christ has shown us, we feel like there's more to it than that. And so we, had our, we were, would study. And we would ask for a guru to show up. And then Gary left. And during the, the time period, you know, the Sufis believe that for about 40 days after someone passes, their soul is still very present um, in kind of, you couldn't call it purgatory. It's kind of like limbo, that space between heaven and earth. And during that time period, it was like February 5th of 2012 to April 5th of 2012, I have no idea what happened to me, but I got taken up energetically and just into this amazing place in spirit. I can't call it samadhi. I don't know what to call it, but it was a really, really high vibration. And every day, God would talk to me very directly and might sound kind of odd, to some people, but we had a very intimate relationship anyway, God and I. And so every day I would be asked to go someplace and wait for someone. It was an adventure. He took me on an adventure every day. And one day, um, I think it was the first week, he said, you need yoga. I said, oh boy, I need yoga. I'd been caring for Gary for about seven months, 24 seven. And I was I was physically just wasted. And I said, okay, I'll go to a Hatha yoga place and I'll start taking restorative Hatha yoga. Well, I went for one class and I sat in my car afterwards and I cried and I said, oh God, is this what you meant? And I could just feel just the loving embrace. And I felt God say, well, not quite. And I said, okay, well, you'll have to tell me more because this doesn't feel right for me. And then the next day after this event, um, I was told you need tuning forks. Well, I knew what that was about because I'd been studying 
the work of John Bolio and the healing effects of tuning forks. And I owned an audio store with my husband for 20 years. And so I was, had followed John's work. And so I called and asked if, um, if they were doing a workshop in Portland, Oregon, which is where I was living at the time. And his wife um, said, no, we only do, we only do retreats and classes in New York and in Switzerland. And then she stopped and she said, but you know what? We have this really different thing that we're doing with this group in Santa Monica, California um, in, a, in a few weeks. And maybe that's of interest to you. And so my little heart was quickened and I said, okay, thanks. And I, I called the woman that she had told me about this event and, uh, and we connected and she invited me to the three-day event and I saw Think About It. I mean, my husband had only been gone for a week. And uh, I thought, this is just too weird. But I was in this very, very high place of vibration. And I wasn't too touched by, you know, the loss yet. It was still kind of high flying. And so I thought about it. And then I thought, well, what will everyone think if I go down to Santa Monica? I don't know about that. And I said, gosh, God, if I go down, I, I really have to stay with elders. Those are the words that I used, which is kind of weird. Um, I said, I can't go down without support. I have to be with elders. And so I called the woman back and I said, I'd like to come. And then there was silence on the other end of the phone. And she said, you know, my husband and I live in a very humble place um, in Santa Monica, but we would like to have you be our guest. And I never met these people before. And so um, I was almost instantly going to say no, because I know what it's like to do events. And that's just too much to host an event and have house guests you don't even know. And I'll tell you what, spirit just quickened my heart and said, don't you dare say no. You say yes, and you'd say it with intense gratitude. And so out of my mouth came the words, thank you, I would love to. And I was horrified <laughs> that I had done that. And so I went down and um, attended this amazing event and stayed with these people. And they were devotees of Paramahansa Yogananda. And when I walked in their apartment, the vibration was so beautiful and so loving. And they had a picture of, uh, it was the Lake Shrine picture of Yogananda on their mantle. And I didn't, I didn't have any connection with that particular picture. Um, but they knew I loved to garden and they, they soon found out that my husband had just passed and they said, oh, there's this beautiful garden just up the road and you have to go there. We know that you'll get a lot of comfort there. It'll be really great. So I went there one afternoon and I went into the, the gift shop and looked around and then I went into the bookshop, the bookstore, and I stood there and the altar picture of our guru looked me straight in the eyes and and I said oh and I was again I was just taken into this incredibly heightened state of of being and I looked into his eyes and I said oh you're my guru <laughs> and the lady that was behind the desk had to have thought I was nuts um, but I just stood there looking at him and there was just such an outpouring of love and he said, I want to play with you. 
I said, okay. So we were having this conversation and I, again, this woman that was, you know, at the guest desk there must have thought, wow, this lady's out of it. And, um, but I was having my own definite experience and he said, oh, walk along the bookcase with your eyes closed. And when you open it up, open your eyes, then there's going to be a book I want you to get. And so I walked along with my eyes closed and <laughs> this little voice inside said, stop. And I opened my eyes and there was autobiography of a yogi. And I can't, it's almost embarrassing to say, I can't tell you how many, how many hundreds of spiritual books that I've read in my lifetime. But at that time, I had never read the autobiography of a yogi. And again, there was his face. I said, oh, this is the book I'm supposed to get. So I got that one. And then he said, I think you need to buy the CDs for your trip home so that you can listen. Because I had an 18-hour drive back to Oregon. And I thought, that's a great idea. And he said, oh, and there's another one. So close your eyes and keep walking. And I walked along the edge of the bookcase. And he said, open your eyes. And it was whispers from eternity. And so, you know, here I get his autobiography and then his words of, of loving encouragement for us as devotees. And so um, I went home, drove back to Oregon, and this group that was in Santa Monica invited me to come work with them, you know, as a volunteer. Um, and all my friends and family said, that's the coolest thing ever. We think you should do that. <laughs> so... I did. And that began the whirlwind, isn't it? Because you went through a lot of different iterations and figuring out who you are, what's mm -hmm. up next after this epic romance and divine friendship with yes. Gary. Yes. And, um, and I think that um, having um, gone through that myself, uh, when John left for higher realms, um, there was such a transition and um, many things that could be said about it, but one relative to your what you're sharing with us, Cindy, is that whole um, area of who am I now? Yes. Because you are no longer part of that duo in mm. the world. And it's a, it's a big, big thing for any devotees out there who are um, either going through it or if and when it comes to you. Because let's face it, as devotees, uh, we rarely go at the same time. So somebody's going to be left behind to continue whatever karma they have to work out or whatever work in the world they have to work out. And I think for longtime devotees who, who have really um slugged it through because that's what it is mm. um you know peppered with many many blessings of course but nonetheless you have to do the work but i i think what is true uh it's certainly true for me and i think for you too cindy i'll i'll just speak for you and you can you can tell me but there's um at that point there is a um there's nothing of very much value unless God and Guru are in it. And when God and Guru are in it, it, what it means is that you are serving them in the world. And it's a whole different kind of um, expression. And so when, you, when you're coming from this place of 
who the heck am I now because I am no longer that. That's not my identity there. Um, you really have to get in touch with um, a deeper part of yourself. And then how are you going to express that in the world? What do you think? Well, I think that's, thank you. That's a, a beautiful lead in to probably the most powerful adventure. And, and that is exactly that place of coming to awareness when your partner is gone, that it's no longer Gary and Cindy or John and Brenda. It's, it's Cindy. It's yes. Brenda. Yes. And, and that is probably the, one of the most heart-shaking things for me. It, you know, you go through the whole, you know, the, the loss thing. Um, and I, I say that lightly at this moment, but it was so intense and so tumultuous and so painful, uh, you know, feeling in such close connection, entwinement with that soulmate. But, the, you know, a soulmate truly is that. They come to prepare your soul for higher ground. And when they're done with their job, they leave, whichever one's first. Yeah. So for you, John left. And for me, Gary left. And so I knew that the message for me was all about finding my own strength and stability and finding the me um, in the midst of being alone. Yes. I mean, that was, you know, this, it's very difficult and it's a process and, you know, there's, you know, that God and guru are with you and still, at least for me, it was still incredibly difficult. And still, yes. And, and I think, uh, you know, um, you found Guruji after Gary left. Yes. Um, John and I were enmeshed in in the work, in the life, etc., for 42 years together, and he longer than I because he came in in 1956. Yeah. But so steeped in the teachings, in the philosophy, and still, it was so surprisingly traumatic. You know, you know all the for me, you know all the philosophy. You know that death is not this big bad thing, yes. and. And you, for me, I would much rather have had John go first than me. Um, so it, that was a blessing. And to see his passing was great. I mean, there were so many blessings in it. Yes. And yet, what happened for me was surprising. There were like tsunamis of sorrow. Yes. And they just kept coming. I said, oh my gosh, where... Whose are these? They, they don't belong to me. How, where did these come from? And what came immediately when I put that question to Divine Mother was, these are lifetimes of unresolved sorrow. Yes. And it was, uh, it was relieving to put it in that context, to understand it in that context. And that doesn't mean that the sorrow was not experienced thereafter but it did put it in a context but the the point i'm trying to make is whoa i didn't think that i would have this response so i had lots of stuff to deal with the the leaving of john and that identity and the dark night of the soul and the sorrow from past lives it was like holy hannah and i know people were looking around and saying oh this is brenda well, you know, but anyway, so there's a lot to say about this um, being the last one to 
to um, to be here on the planet. And I know that we didn't start out with that as a topic, but it certainly seems like um, it's it's relevant and maybe relevant to a number of devotees that are listening either now or later. So I'm going to leave that part and and get back to you. But I it was a, an opportunity to go there. Well, I, I think the subject is something that needs to be explored much deeper. I hope you'll take it as a as a topic um, for your interviews as podcasts because there's such a need for people to deeply touch into those feelings of abandonment, of aloneness, of all the fears, you know, of being a bag lady or, you know, whatever those things that come up and you tapped into this thing of understanding that it isn't just this life. It is accumulation of all those sorrows that, you know, your, your wound is so open and so fresh and so present that all those things have the opportunity to surface very clearly. And if you don't know what it is you're dealing with, if you think it's just this life, it is so overwhelming um, that, you know, for a lot of people, they don't quite make it through. And I'm grateful that you have and that I have and many others have with, the, with God's grace and Guru's help. Um, made it through that dark night of the soul, the many dark nights of the soul that occur during this whole process of, of death and loss of someone that is your soulmate. Um, and so from this process, which, you know, for me, Gary left in 2012, it's now 2018, it's six years. And um, six is a number in numerology of divine love. And, and it is that, and, and it's just... It's just been an incredible six year, I would say six year anniversary of feeling like I've come through the other side of the storm and feeling it, the, the feelings of loss. I don't know that you ever overcome those, you know, I'm still touched. Um, I'm still touched by stories um, of shared times together. Yeah, I, I don't want to lose that. Mm -hmm. but I, don't want to be enmeshed in the incredible grief that pulled me down in vibration. Yes. You know, that, that sea of, of really getting pushed to the bottom of the sea and then bobbing back up and, and having the next part of the tsunami just push you right back down again. Those are rough times. But yes. at this point, it's been so wonderful to have, you know, to stand on my own two feet and, and to be, Cindy Kerr is Cindy Kerr and no longer Cindy and Gary, you know, yes. it's very empowering um, to my soul and to my beingness and to have the guru say, you have incredible gifts that you've had since, since the get go, you came with a love for God and you came with incredible intuition and um, empathic gifts of compassion and great love and those were used in as a registered nurse for many well decades actually where have you landed now cindy i have landed in a place of having my own business it's called the health diviner and um, i work as a registered nurse using my skills as a health coach and um, as a raw nutritionist and as a, a medical intuitive life coach to work with clients that have suffered with a lot of chronic illnesses that no one can figure out what's going on with them 
And we seem to be able to dive right in, get to the core of the issues and healing issues. Even as master says, you know, most of these things happen in, in energetic realms of the mind um, and not, they aren't just physical. And so as we've learned from this whole grief process, all these things from past lives, from karma, from ancestral issues that permeate us, um, emotional um, issues, thoughts and beliefs, they're all energy fields that contribute to our health and well-being. And so it's been a real gift to be able to tap into those energetic fields and realms and, and help people restore um, from a state of of very, very challenged um, physical health and move into a happy life, I would say. Great. So you're in private practice, Cindy? Yes, I am. Uh, um, do you do like, um, is it only people in Carlsbad and driving distance or do you do long distance stuff or? Well, I work, rem I work remotely, Brenda. And um, so I work on the phone um, and I work with people all over the world. I have clients in Australia and Germany, and um, I've worked with people in South America, in Canada, and all over the U.S. It's just a real privilege to um, be able to have that, you know, that ability. I know that just speaking with someone, we, we're all innate vibration, and the vibration that is conveyed through someone's voice is um, is what Master uses to help me to find out what's wrong with them and to give me the information to help them resolve their issues. Well, that's great. And you are one of untold um, hundreds of thousands, as Guruji says, hundreds of thousands of devotees of Kriya bonds are necessary to bring peace to the world. Um, do you have any parting words? Some maybe a quote or something of Guruji that uh, you're working on or is particularly dear or has been meaningful, whatever you'd like. I think what's so present is the fact that a lot of times we look at in all that incredible adversity that's happening in our life. We focus on the adversity in the moment without realizing that most of the time, that's the portal that's opening up for us to really step into something so advanced and so beautiful in our walk with God. And so I would encourage people going through very difficult times to maybe look ahead and try to see through the clouds because the sky is always blue above the clouds. And we just need to make our way through that. Terrific, terrific. And I, I want to add here to um, underscore your very important point, um, Cindy, is that I was listening to um, Ananda Moiji's CD on tests and trials, and I was so struck by what he said in part of it, and it was this. He said that those dry times, those difficult times, those challenging times are actually First of all, they're normal. Hello, that's nice to know. And they're necessary. And he go, went on to say that they're necessary because it's during those times that you can access tremendous spiritual growth and learn things that you cannot learn when things are going smoothly for you. And he 
he enumerated those and they are five and in this way in this order he said them patience he learned patience oh gosh patience and perseverance and endurance and surrender and unconditional love for god like wow you know that just puts a whole different spin on on everything doesn't it it does it it you can look back in retrospect and and say i can say right now it's it has all been worth it yes and at the time it's challenging but it is all worth it yes someone someone said recently uh one of the brothers i think said um a crucifixion always ends in resurrection that was a good one all right, my dear, thank you for joining us and Jai Guru. Jai Guru, thank you. Well, dear friends, it's wonderful to hear these stories, isn't it? If you would like access to the private pages where guest contact and other information is posted, it's free and easy. Just email to subscribe to the Soul Calls Infinity mailing list. The email address is subscribe at soulcallsinfinity.org. For those of you who may be driving or jogging while listening, the link to subscribe will be in the show notes. The Chela de Chela podcast is sponsored by Soul Calls Infinity, and the music is courtesy of Soul Calls Music Meditations by Saranya, available online at soulcalls.org and on YouTube. I'm your host, Brenda Roberts, and I'd love to share your story. Email me for guest guidelines and preparation details. That's Brenda at soulcallsinfinity.org. I'm looking forward to sharing the next episode with you, where we'll be meeting another uniquely devoted disciple of our beloved Master, Paramahansa Yoganandaji. In closing, let's listen again to this quote of Muktima and Master. Muktima is speaking. This is a time of spiritual rejuvenation, a time of drawing closer to God the Father and to the Divine Mother. Our Guru has said to us, A steady stream of divine power will flow to you, for the Great Ones have sent me here. When I am gone, you will realize this with greater impact. Little by little, a spiritual change will come to the true followers of this path, and their influence will spread over the world. SRF is one of the greatest spiritual movements ever sent to help mankind. So, dear friends, I hope you will share the podcast with at least one other SRFYSS devotee as we walk together in the spirit of divine friendship and in the love of God and Guru, affirming what we know to be true. It's a wonderful life with Guruji in it. Jai Guru Jai.